so today's going to be a, a very uh, untraditional, non-traditional, what's the, how would you say that? Uh, sermon, non-traditional sermon. And uh, David and I are really going to kind of co-lead this morning, uh, but rather than just sort of go back and forth, you know, preaching, um, I really want to have more of just a conversation with David, uh, giving you all an opportunity to hear his heart, hear from him, hear about his life, his ministry. Uh, this, this man is definitely one of my, my best friends, my closest friends, somebody that, uh, you know, when, when I'm going through stuff, even though we're eight hours apart, uh, he's often the one that I call, and, uh, and vice versa. Uh, because I have such good advice. I give such good advice. And, um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully today you're encouraged and blessed by what you hear. Uh, I'm really excited for you to get to, get to know this guy. So David, um, David and I went to, went to Liberty University together. We, uh, and feel free just to kind of have input as, as you feel led. Um, David and I met probably the first or second week of school. We lived on the same hall, uh, just two doors down from each other. And uh, very quickly, uh, at least for me, I don't know if this was the same for you, but at least for me, God was, was, was kind of like, this is somebody that you gotta, gotta get to know. This is somebody that, that you can really build a, you know, a life friend out of. And, and it's a special thing when you, Step into a new place of life, especially something like college, where you don't know anybody. Uh, Katie and I went together, so she was the only one that I knew. But obviously, as a Christian school, we lived very far apart, not not close to each other. And uh, and so, David was definitely somebody that that I clung to pretty quickly. Yeah, I would even say. Um so imagine it's the first week of college, and there's. And I grew up in a public high school, and I was so excited to come to a Christian college because it felt like my entire high school career I was just fighting to keep my faith alive and faith burning. And then I'm like, coming to Liberty University was pretty much like a four-year Christian summer camp. And I was so excited but for all the people. Five or six years for you and I. Yeah, yeah. so it was six years for me. <laughs> we extended it out. We just enjoyed our time so much at Liberty University. <laughs> um, but um, of all the people that I, I met that first week, I just, I don't know if I've told you this, uh, Spencer, but I just had this impression in my, in my heart where I felt like God just spoke to me that this guy is going to be one of your best friends. And I really had no context of, of how that would work out, how that would play. I'm like, are you sure, Lord? We look like we're different. You know, uh, we, he's a different place, God. Um, but um, sure enough, um, it is like turned into the richest friendship that keeps on over and over um, just bringing me strength and so much courage. So, Yeah, I appreciate that. I have that effect on people. So. Um, no, no, in all seriousness, though, uh, David, was, and, and speak to this a little bit, but David, um, he was born in Kenya, uh, but was only there for a year before your family moved to the U.S. So, so really, you were, you know, raised in the U.S. And, uh, but just give us a little, you know, kind of background into your life and who you are, and then we'll talk ministry and where you're at now after that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so that's correct. I was born in Nairobi, Kenya, and but I only lived there for one year, and so um, I, I joke with um, really not the greatest Kenyan representation. I do not speak fluent Swahili. Um, I don't know that much about the culture, and I have never run a Boston Marathon. But <laughs> um, um, but um, as far as that does go, I my family moved here when I was one uh, because my father was pursuing Bible school in America, and um, he ended up being one of the top members of his class. Um, his original program was supposed to only be for one year. But um, because he just exceeded so well um, in his classes, they actually ended up inviting him and working and getting his visa um, to bring us as a family to America to continue his studies in his career as a pastor in America. And um, so then we just stayed a really long time after that, and we became citizens of the U.S., so God bless America. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so now David works for a ministry. He's he's kind of he was a part of a ministry while well, still currently leads a ministry called the Watch, which I'll let you talk about here in just a second. When we were at school, there was this prayer worship ministry that happened every week, uh, and David very quickly got involved in that and be- and and became uh, a mentee to one of the leaders of that ministry, um, who has now gone on to do pretty incredible things uh, around the country um, and. And David was then kind of gifted with the opportunity, called to sort of continue to lead this ministry, which you still do today, but you do it with uh, through an organization called Acts in Colorado, correct? And uh, so give us a little um, context, a little information about Acts uh, and about the watch ministry that you still lead in Lynchburg. No, absolutely. And so... When it comes to who I am and what I'm doing and currently serving in today, um, the best way to explain it was when I went to college, um, the Lord got a grip or a hold on my on my life. And I felt like previously, beforehand, um, I had just been doing the routine motions of religion that I had always done my entire life because my parents influenced me uh, to, to live that specific kind of way. But college was really the turning point uh, for me where, where my faith became real and it became more of things that I'm doing here for God um, in, instead and in turning into living a life that is fully surrendered for him. And so when I came to college, uh, I found a ministry. Uh, it's called uh, The Watch. It was the second semester of my freshman year. Uh, the story of the ministry is it was, a, it was a grassroots ministry that began 14 years ago when some college students went on a missions trip to India. And um, during their time in India, um, they saw God move in unbelievable, miraculous ways. And um, the story goes is a bunch of college students, they came back um, to Lynchburg, uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, for another semester of college. But they were sitting in a living room, and uh, some person just spontaneously, his heart cry was, God, whatever you did in India... God, you've got to do it here on our college campus, and um, you've got to do it in our lives. 
And so a few friends formed a pact and agreement uh, that they were going to wholeheartedly believe um, in the name and the power of God that they saw on the missions trip during their university years um, that happened at Liberty. And so uh, when they were seeking God and asking, Lord, what is our next step? Um, God led them to just Jesus and his words to his disciples. When his disciples asked Jesus, Jesus teaches how to pray. And so instantly inside of them, they realized in seeing God move powerfully and being a part of his story while they were college students, that it was directly connected um, to radical lives of prayer. And so they began by one guy who could sing pretty well and another guy in bongo drums. They began meeting in a townhome every Tuesday night and would just sing to God and pray that they would see revival in their own hearts and on the university that they would go to. And um, 14 years later, um, the watch as a ministry, it spiraled into a a weekly uh, prayer and worship gathering um, that from the, from that main core of meeting every Tuesday night, worshiping, praying, seeking the heart of the Lord, then from there, there's an outflow of discipleship, community, evangelism, and missions that just came from a simple heart cry for 14 years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and so now what about Acts? Well, actually, real quick, what does the WATCH stand for? Yes. And so the WATCH um, is an acronym, um, and... Um, uh, it, it's, uh, it started from, you know, many passages in, in Isaiah talk about watchmen, those who would stand on the wall. And we, um, as our founder, he really felt this conviction in his heart that every time that students would meet to gather, and as, as they would gather, that they would be standing as watchmen in the place of prayer, inter- prayer and intercession for their own lives, uh, for this university campus, and for the city. And so imagine in a small group of maybe 10 to 20 people, sometimes 30, um, just a a group believing that we are going to take responsibility for this campus and believe that that though God, um, he's sovereign and his plans are are set and sure, that we're going to believe that through the power of prayer, um, that we're going to partner with his heart in what he wants to do um, and through his promises in the word um, and through just believing in him that that would become a reality on our campus and in the city of Lynchburg. So the acronym for the walk for watches. Oh, yeah. oh, I need the acronym. Yeah, <laughs> the whole, that, that's what I asked you. All that jargon <laughs> for, <laughs> without the acronym. So um, the acronym um, stands for Waiting Awaken to Change History. And so our just belief in that is just um, students, um, student, the students who are coming and, and joining us every Tuesday night in the place of prayer. We, we just have faith that we believe that there's one person is just one encounter away, one experience from God away from being awakened to the fact that, you know, that this is not just business as normal, but um, through the promises of God's word, of the plans and the purposes that he has and he's inviting us into in our generation. That's good. And so you now then, uh, you know, post-college, have partnered with a an organization called Acts, and, and technically your, your title, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is basically a missionary to the college campuses of the U.S., and 
so a little background about about Axe and the what you the work that you do with them. Absolutely. And so um, at the end of my college career, I um, I'm from the Washington D.C. area, and man, I the, when I first set foot on Liberty's campus, um, I said to myself, in three years I'm going to have a degree and I'm going to be married. And unfortunately, six years later, I finally got a degree. Actually, a little bit longer than six years. I finally got a degree, but I still live in Lynchburg, and I'm still not married. So I don't know how that all works out, but <laughs> that's just the way that it played. Um, um, but I just remember um, after my, uh, on my graduation week, I was ready to start moving forward and packing my bags to move back to Washington, D.C., uh, but just one morning in prayer, as clear as ever, I just believe I heard God asking me to extend my season in serving college students. And and in that moment, I was just hit with thinking about time and time over again how my life was just so transformed um, just because I was part of a college community um, uh, called the watch. And so my simple prayer was, God, if I could just give people a portion of my experience, if I could play a part in impacting people's lives in that way, it would all be worth it. And so I just stepped out in faith. I didn't know what to do. Um, I felt like the Lord was like, all right, just jump into this thing, walk and just trust me. And so I ended up quitting my job, not knowing what happens next. And um, thankfully, God led me to this amazing organization um, called Acts, which is actually a sending organization to missionaries all across the 1040 window. And I specifically work in the t- department for campus mobilization. We have a desire to see on universities all across America to see students mobilized towards missions and, and missions and prayer and missions and prayer on their college campuses, and so I get to take part in uh, prayer communities like like the Watch in Lynchburg, and also serve on a leadership team of several college campuses all throughout America, where students are doing the similar thing of gathering together with a heart for prayer and revival for their campus, and a belief for uh, and believing for uh, the Great Commission and for missionaries to be sent all across the earth. That's so good. Uh, before we move on uh, to, to sort of the, the meat of what I, I want to share, do you have any um, kind of words of encouragement for our church here in Cincinnati uh, revolving the idea of the power of worship and the power of prayer uh, in context of what you've experienced uh, in, in the ministry that you lead at, at Liberty? Yeah, absolutely. And I think for, especially for our, for our weekly gathering, one of the things that over and over again, me and, and our leadership team, we just harp on is we, we strongly encourage students to get caught up in, in the awe and the wonder of prayer and worship. And um, my biggest exhortation for college students is, like, you know, prayer in its simplicity is, is talking to God and hearing back hearing back from him, like what's on his heart through his word and through his voice. And, and uh, the biggest thing that I, I challenge students is to get caught up in the awe that, man, there was a real price that was paid for this. 
um, for us to be able to be in relationship with God the Father. Like Jesus, he endured like the, the most painful suffering um, so that we could enter into relationship. And it's like you would think that for such a high price, you know, that this would be one of the primary things that we engage in. But unfortunately, we can get sometimes caught up in the emotion of just doing all the right things that we forget to stand in the wonder um, of relationship with him. And so it's like I I always um, encourage the students on a weekly basis, like, you know, when we are praying that um, your prayer is not just wasted oxygen or just uh, just sound waves going from wall to wall. Like there is a real God um, who for some reason is um, is so willing to listen and hear and is moved um, by when we sing to him and, and he's moved to him, moved by when we pray, even his very own word that he has established. When we pray that back to him. You know, his words, it moves his heart. And, um, and so we, I, I challenge everywhere um, that I go, it's like, man, just a re-getting caught up in the wonder of there is a real God who paid a price for us to be in relationship with him. And so whether it's singing or whether it's praying, it's like, let, let, let this be the primary thing of our existence. So good. Yeah, and, and I hope that that's an encouragement and a challenge to y'all. We, the the worship team and I, every Sunday we pray before the service, um, and and my prayer is always the same, and it's God, would you use us today to create space for people to encounter you in a genuine, a genuine way, and. And then often I will say to y'all on Sunday mornings as we're worshiping, whatever this time needs to be for you and God, let that let that moment be a uh, let that that space be a moment where you can just say, God, no matter what I'm going through in, in my life currently, you are good and you are faithful, and I'm going to praise you. And, and I think I think you're right. I think it needs to come from this genuine place of awe for what Jesus did to us and the fact for us and the fact that there is a God the creator of the heavens and the earth that loves us that wants to be in a relationship with us that should create an awe and wonder over and over and over again as it is as it did for the disciples and then every time there was Jesus performed a miracle uh, it often scripture often says that the disciples were in awe of what just happened. And beautiful things can happen when, when we enter into worship and prayer from that perspective. So good. All right. Um, discipleship, relationship. You know, we've talked about relationship with God. In your ministry, how has relationship with, with uh, one another, relationship with peers, relationship with those that you're in relationship that those that you're in discipleship with, how has discipleship shaped your ministry, and how have you used discipleship to uh, seek what God has for your ministry in Lynchburg? Yeah, I think the answer for that just begins um, even before my ministry, but for me as my person, me as an individual, um, I am a I am a product. 
uh, being discipled so well. And um, and by no means am I saying I'm perfect or anything like that. I mean, I've still got flaws. <laughs> you can ask Spencer later, and he can tell you all about that. Um, but I just remember being a 19-year-old and a guy who's almost uh, like almost 10 years older than me, um, just taking me in under his wing. Um, and it wasn't this thing where we'll meet up once a week, um, tell me about the good stuff, the bad stuff that's going um, on in your life. It was it was an invitation in really doing life with uh, w- doing life with this man. And what I found in that place was. Um, not every single moment was the most profound spiritual moment, but it was almost just watching how godliness will play out even in the most simple, mundane things um, led to this transforming thing in my heart where it was like, Lord, of course, I want to I wanna be like you, Lord, but make, make me into a man like this person who's mentoring me who shapes his entire life. Um, in following you and being radically obedient to what you what you say, and um, so in as far as discipleship as a whole, um, what is essential is the actual experience of being disciple, which leads you and spurs you on. Where I think in ministry there there are you know amazing things you can do. There's preaching, there's speaking, there's leading worship. But my heart cry and my prayer for this season. Um, is I want to be a disciple maker um, as as my primary thing outside of a lover of Jesus, and so um, I would I would say from there like discipleship just is everything. You know when we when we look in the Gospels like Jesus took you know some common men and by bringing them along with him in the journey and you know times of times of encouragement times of rebuke. Um, you know, times of challenging that out of that process, you know, brought the people who changed all of history. And so um, when it comes to discipleship, uh, you know, some of the thoughts that I thought was this was this was the model of our Lord and Savior, first and foremost, and in just living it out among college students and among young people in my life. I think the biggest thing is recognizing that discipleship really is a slow process, and it may not be the the most flashy thing, but you know that this is the thing that ten twenty years that when people look back into a time period in their life, less so are they looking for um, you know the most impactful sermon, though it could have its effect on their life. You know, many people, and I think all of us in this room, can date back to that one person who decided to slow down and to take the time to go over the simple things of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. And you, you know, just in our conversation, you've expressed desire to see the ministry that you've created um, on Liberty's campus uh, which is a Christian campus, and, and, and yet, you know, this may be surprising to some of you, it may not. I remember 
when I arrived at Liberty thinking this was a Christian university, I was surprised at how many people, how many students didn't walk with Christ. And so even though Liberty is a Christian university and still to this day, I believe it remains the same. It's still a pretty decent mission field. Um, and you've experienced some of that in your ministry. And but but in our conversation, you've also talked about trying to reproduce, replicate, uh, multiply what you're doing at Liberty on other campuses. And so what what can you say to the importance, to the call that we as Christians have uh, through discipleship, through relationship with Christ and relationship with one another, um, through evangelism and having a heart for the lost, uh, making sure that, that we aren't just merely focused on our relationship with Christ, but that we remain engaged in God's heart for those far from him to come close to him um, and, and being a part of that mission. What can you say, uh, what, what can you speak to your desire to see what you're doing replicated you know, across the country or in other campus, campuses around the country? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, I like I've said uh, several times here before, you know, I do have a heart for what I experienced um, in college. You know, I, like I always um, talk and I encourage our college students that um, what we are doing in the chapel um, and, you know, in our prayer worship gathering and our discipleship, it is not some sort of secret formula that we found that nobody else can do, and um, it's just us that has it. It's actually um, pretty simple um, in, in some of the acts that we do. We, we pray, we worship, we, we fellowship together, and we choose to live life on life. And, you know, I, I always encourage that this is a model that can can be replicated anywhere <laughs> you know um we um we don't have the the world class speakers who are coming in and speaking in uh in in large convocation services you know it's really just um my team and and a group of college students and young people but the interesting thing is in the middle of that as we experience and we encounter Jesus in, in the word and even through his spirit, our lives still end up radically changed and transformed. And so because of this, it's more of a thing of like, man, this has to go everywhere. This is not a complex thing, but this actually has room to go wherever somebody would just, well, my guy, we just need one person on a university campus is what I would say. We just need one person to um, get a grip or lay hold of, I'm going to live life this way and live among people with these principles. And it has power to bring transformation on the campus. But, you know, in the process of multiplication, there was a wise man that um, talked about Jesus' discipleship message. When he called the disciples, um, he said, follow me and I will make you. And he said, and in that, he's like, the simplicity um, of discipleship is really at the end of the day just following Jesus and it's within that process that he makes us and he establishes us into the people who we were called and who we were created to be and so when I look at discipleship and its effect in multiplication you know I, I understand though that my desire would be for every university a, a, a missional community uh, to be established there I realize that you know, ultimately, 
my desire is to see people radically obey and follow Jesus with their entire life. And I would rather see the kingdom of God being established on universities than my own empire of people that I would choose that you go here, you go here, because I think that this would look better. And so, and, and from that simple principle, um, you know, from our campus community, um, we have just seen people over and over just from the place of being with, uh, fellowshipping among believers and worshiping in prayer, getting uh, what, what I call God ideas just come to their mind. We've seen, you know, I have so many friends and students who have got, got a heart for the nations and are currently serving there as full-time missionaries um, in places where the gospel has never touched. You know, we've, we've seen people go and plant churches. We've seen people um, go throughout the city and evangelize, go and feed the poor, all happening and stemming back from this place of being among a group of people and where our commitment to each other is we will radically obey and follow Jesus wherever he's telling us to go. That's so good. And, and it's encouraging because I think God has gifted you and your ministry and, and those that are a part of your ministry with, with an identity, with a heart to seek him to seek his guidance, to seek his heart for what he wants to see happen on college campuses around the U.S. Um, and what you're seeing is that is also expanding then into the nations, into the rest of the world, from people leaving uh, your ministry, getting a call and going into those places. And it needs to be an encouragement to us as, as a church because God has also given us an identity, given us uh, a values that... Um, he has called us to not just display here and grow here, but to multiply and replicate around the city and around the globe. And we have uh, an opportunity to, I mean, church, when you look around just our community and what we do from from here on Sundays to the Bible studies that we do and, and the discipleship that happens in, in those Bible studies and small groups to Calvary's place and the lives that have been touched and transformed because of God has given this community such a heart to serve and care for people. Um, there are so many things happening here that places around our city, around our country, around the world are desperate to be a part of, are desperate to have present in their community. And we have been given a calling to make disciples and to replicate what we do uh, around around the globe. And um, so we're going to make uh, an announcement here in just a minute. Pastor Mike Brewer is going to join us here in just a minute. We have an announcement to make for you that we're really excited about. But before we get to that, we have a little video to intro that. But before we get there, I want to close this time and actually just take a second to pray over David, pray over his ministry, and uh, and just believe that God's going to continue to do incredible things, things through you. Sound good? Church, can we pray for David? God, you are, are so good. And we just thank you for the, the, the lives that you have placed on, on this earth that want nothing more than just to serve you and to lead people into that place, to disciple people and help people follow you and follow the call that you've placed on their lives. God, you have created David uh, uniquely 
to fill a role in, in college campus ministry in the U.S. that isn't being filled. And you've given him an opportunity to pursue that very thing. Would you continue to stir in him the things that you would have him uh, work towards, pursue? Would you continue to stir in him a desire to see people come to know you, to see people grow in relationship with you? Would you continue to stir in him uh, and create this movement within his ministry to see what he's doing replicated, multiplied across the college campuses in America? We thank you so, God, I personally thank you so much for this guy and the relationship that we have and what he means to me. And Lord, I know that you have been doing incredible work through him. And I know that you have set and ordained already incredible work for him to step into. So, Father, we just pray over David. We pray over his life, his family, his ministry, believing that you're going to continue to do incredible things through this willing servant. We love you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We pray all this in his name. Amen.